Welcome in to the It's Your Task World podcast. Tom Hackett, Steve Bartle is back. Bartle returns. Nightway Subaru is still our sponsor, believe it or not. 1207 South Main Street. They've got their A Lot to Love event going on this summer. Head on down. Check them out. They're out good friends and they make all of this possible. Steve, what is going on, dude? What's up, Tom? Man, I uh, I apologize for my absence the last two weeks, but you... Uh... You had some pretty good shows without me, man. Those I was listening to those while I was gone, and that was you had Robert Black in last week, and I I forget who you had the week before McBride, something McBride Baxter, something like that. To yeah, talk yeah. And so don't they ne- were, first of all never apologize because you are <laughs> more than okay. Uh, you have a life that you must live as well, and uh, on the weeks that you can't make it, so be it. There will be likely weeks I can't make it and you'll have to fill the void. So we're all good. Um, but it was fun. It was good. We, well, you know, it was interesting because I had, so I had Jill McBride on. She's a good friend of mine. She's um, for those that didn't listen, right. she's an, an NFL agent. She's Ron McBride's daughter and she's a lovely human being. It, it was unfortunate though, because I had her on the week that like Utah did all of this transfer portal goodness. Right. So the, right. The timing was like, oh, I'm like, Oh, whoops. Sorry about yeah. that, guys. We didn't even touch on the the transfer portal, guys. But we can do that here as well. We spoke to to Bobby Blacken last week. We didn't really dive into the the specific uh, players that they brought in. It was more kind of how life at Utah football works as it relates directly to the transfer portal. So anyway, no, it was fun. I'm glad you're back. Can we start with the Utah Open? How, how was that? That was a couple of weeks ago now, dude. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Mark Harlan. Was up there, Jeff Rudy, Andy Phillips, Jordan Wynn. They were all up there, you know, guys that, um, you know, moved on from the program. And then obviously Drew Lisk, Britton Covey. Uh, that was the group that I was paired up with. I was with wow. Andrew McCullough and uh, the the uh, the guy, one of the, the two that um, put this whole thing together. Uh, so I was with him. Uh, Dane was another buddy of ours that we were with and we were paired up against Britain Covey, Drew Lisk and, and, uh, and Britain's, uh, ringer, uh, Jason Lily White, who's, man, he was, he was really, really good. So, you know, we got our, uh, we got our butts handed to, we still finished like five under, you know, nice. shooting. Yeah, it was, it was a good Brown. Like we played well, but, uh, yeah, they, those guys, Lisk, Covey and, and Lily White, they were quite the team. So, they uh, they Who, put it to Lily us. Who's White? Oh, uh, he's just he he's he's one of Covey's good buddies. Right. I think they grew up together and, and that kind of thing. I I and and I think Lily White kind of told me because they're not the same age. They didn't necessarily like grow up together. I think Lily White looked up to Britton Covey. <laughs> if you can do that, yeah, <laughs> you know? he's not very big. <laughs> but dude, it was crazy. So Covey was in Hawaii the night before the, the open, like he, he was in Hawaii on Thursday, flew home on a red eye, uh, landed in Salt Lake city at like seven 45 and booked it. Cause we were teeing off at nine 10 at soldier hollow. He got pulled over on his way up and, uh, still made it in time to tee off at nine, nine 10. Like the dude is, he's, he's a freak, man. He, the guy is just a freak, but Really good golfer, that's for sure. So interesting about Covey, and I, I, I have no idea if this is well known or not, but Britain, and I think I've mentioned something even on this podcast, 
He uh, so his mum, and I hope I'm getting this story correct. I think it's his mum. He had, his mum has like a blood condition. Although I'm 90 percent sure I've already told the story, so I'll be quick. But he thought he had the same condition growing up, and so he didn't play high school football until he was, I think, like a sophomore. He missed freshman year, and during that stretch from like whatever age to his junior, he just he thought golf was going to be going to yeah. be the, the sport for him because. He had one of those blood conditions where if you get a cut, like the bleeding doesn't stop, the body doesn't heal the cut itself and cover over. So it just constantly bleeds, which is a big issue in football, especially if you get yeah. some internal bleeding, you right. take a shot to the head, you get it, you're dead, basically. So he's right. like, yeah, I can't play football. But he got scanned again, you know, prior to his uh, sophomore year and and they said, oh, you act, you don't actually have it. He's like, oh, cool, I can play football. And then he got into football. But, yeah, that's why he's a, a, a decent golfer is because he spent most of his childhood on the golf course, Steve. Yeah, he was, man, you could see it. Like, he was just naturally just so good, man. He was, he he hit some incredible shots. And I, I didn't confirm the story or not, but I just, you told me that be- beforehand. And I told Andrew and, and the guys that I was with, like, bro, he's been playing since he was, like, five, like, He's been playing for years and years because he didn't think he was going to be able to play football. And so, dude, how, like, how crazy is that? Britton Covey, you know, we know how good he is on the football field, but like just being that naturally gifted, that naturally talented at just sports in general, like just he's, he is an incredible athlete. He is without question. Hand-eye coordination to a T and, and if you're blessed to actually have some agility and speed alongside good hand eye, you can take it places. I think that's kind of the moral of that story. So right. um, well done. Well done to Britain. And, and more importantly, his parents for breeding a, uh, a five foot a eight beast. star. <laughs> <laughs> and he's small. That's the thing. Like people, I think when you have pads and a helmet on, you don't quite understand. Like he's not a big human. He comes up to my, chin no. you know and i'm not very big either i'm right 5 11 and a half or something nearly six foot and he's up to my chin he's like five eight you know at best and and he yeah. flies around like he's six two and crosses the middle and you know he's on slant routes with the linebackers just waiting for him and he takes all the hits which is maybe something hopefully this year he can try and learn to evade because so far in his career he hasn't and it's one of the reasons he's not pursuing an NFL career at the minute, and he's still at, at Utah football seven years later. I, I graduated in 2015 from Utah football, Steve, six yeah. years ago, and yeah. he was a teammate of mine. He was a teammate <laughs> of mine as a junior. He yeah. was there in 2014, <laughs> and he's still he's there. Just incredible, man. And, like, the crazy thing is he's still – technically just a junior with a red shirt still available to him somehow. Like it's, it's absurd. He could be here for another three years still. Like it is, it is absurd. And so just insights he shared with us. So he's training, he's trying to add some, some size while still maintaining his speed. He told us he's, he's weighing, he's checking in at 173 right now. His, his training regimen, he gave us, you know, he, he let us in on his little secret. He's trying to, to add as much size as he possibly can while maintaining his current speed. So he's going to work out, lift weights, or this, or he was. I think he, he was. That was the plan. But he was going to add as much weight as he could while still maintaining his speed. As soon as, you know, he got to a certain weight, 
um, and his speed dipped. I think he was running like a four, four, three or something like that. Four, three, something like that high four, three. Uh, as soon as that dipped, he was going to stop and, and, and maintain that weight. So he's trying to pack on, you know, some lean muscle, some lean weight to, to just be as, as, as explosive as he can. And I'll tell you what, man, he, uh, it was coming down to the end of our round. He had a long putt and I think it was, was it the par three? I think it was the par three 17th up there at Soldier Hollow. We were on gold. And so it's that long par three downhill. It's like 200 yards and he's got probably 35 feet to the pin. So it's a long putt lines it up, sinks the putt. I think, and he like he celebrates like Michael Jordan over Craig Elo. Like he jumped probably four feet, like four feet. I, I shouldn't say four feet, but he jumped a pretty good, you know, a pretty good shoot off his vert, man. He was up there and it, you know, he's he's coming for it this year. I'm excited for Britton Covey this season. Um, you know, he 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 talked about it. He's he's ready, he feels really, really good. Uh, he's excited for Charlie Brewer. Uh, and and excited for the passing game. He thinks that it's uh, it's going to be a fun season this year. Well, we sure we sure hope so. Let let let's get right into it then, Steve. Theo Howard was a transfer that came in a couple of weeks ago. Was at UCLA, then transferred to Oklahoma, and he's now uh, a Utah football man. He, I guess, what what is it now? Did he fill the void? That 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 Brian Thompson left on the outside, that bigger body receiver that. You know, Solomon Enos is is hoping to to take over, but now he's got some help on the on the other side of the ball. Oh, sorry, on the other side of the field, I should say, with with Theo Howard. Is that is that Theo Howard's role now? Is is to try and fill the void left by Brian Thompson? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm very interested to see how Theo Howard fits into all of this. I think I I did a breakdown of his game and what he's done at UCLA and Oklahoma, uh, and. Uh, coming out of high school, he was kind of dubbed as, you know, the speed guy, this big play type of a, a threat where he's just got speed where he can run by everybody. And when you look at what his actually his actual production looks like, a lot of his, you know, targets, a lot of his work comes in the intermediate areas of the field, the 10 to 19 yards um, where he's, you know, able to create separation on routes. He's able to take, you know, quick, timing routes, slants, ends, those kind of things, and and create yards for uh, yards after after the catch as well. So, uh, you know, that was a key part of Brian Thompson's role was being that guy that can win, you know, 10 to 19 yards. This is a guy where with Theo Howard, if you're in third and long situations – you know, third and 12, third and 10, third and nine, third and seven, those kind of yard distances. This is a guy that you can count on to, uh, to throw the ball to, you know, you can count on him to, to get open, to create separation in those uh, areas of the field um, and, and be that guy to keep you moving the chains. You know, he's, I think he, he suffered an Achilles injury um, January of 2020 like within the first month of him transferring to Oklahoma, he did return and play in 2020, which is, is an encouraging sign. Um, You know, but he's, despite his injury, like he's, he's got plenty of athleticism. He's not the biggest 
guy in terms of his weight at 180 pounds, but he's, he's strong and, and capable of, of, uh, of beating guys off of the line of getting off of, of press coverage as well. So, you know, all around, like this is a, a good compliment to the other guys in the receiver room with Britton Covey and, and Solomon Enos. And I think, you know, he, he may not be the big play threat, um, but he's a guy that can win in the intermediate areas of the field, can win in on the timing, and he can still get deep. He can still, you know, be a threat to uh, to get vertical as well. So, you know, all in all, I think this is a good good guy to to uh, to replace Brian Thompson um, and that role. Uh, and and I think Charlie Brewer, you know, and, and Cameron Rising as well uh, are are really going to to kind of uh, enjoy you know, this, this addition to the receiver room. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like he's very good at, um, at, at finding space and pockets of space in and amongst defenses as well, which is a skill yeah. that's, uh, it's, it's hard to find um, more often than not. So he'll be a good addition and, and the wide receiver corpse uh, is, is bolstered because of it. Uh, the other, I guess, Standout transfer portal news from a few weeks ago was Josh Calvert, the linebacker out of Washington. Um, he's not going to take Devin Lloyd's spot. We can tell you that right now. But Nephi Sewell will likely have some competition throughout full camp to try and retain his uh, starting linebacker role, which which I thought, Steve, and I think you're on the same page. I thought Nephi Sewell last year was, was maybe the uh, surprise player, maybe outside of um, – Outside of Ty Jordan at running back on the defensive side, Nephi Sewell was all over the place. He ended the year through five games with 27 tackles and a couple picks, and uh, and and he was all over the shop for uh, for the better part of that five game season in 2020. So, uh, Josh Calvert, what's he going to add, and 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 does he start, or do you think he he's going to have to fight pretty pretty tooth and nail for that spot with Nephi Sewell in camp? Yeah, with Josh Calvert, this was a, a big pickup. And, you know, he comes from Washington. I haven't confirmed that he's actually going to be a scholarship guy this year, uh, which is pretty interesting. So, um, you know, he may be just walking on this year, which is, you know, a pretty big deal considering he was a four-star talent at Washington and and a guy that, you know, was, uh, was challenging for playing time up there. So, you know, obviously with Ethan Calvert, uh, the, the prized signee in the 2021 class for Utah. Um, that's a big draw for Josh coming to Utah as well. The, the opportunity to play with his younger brother. Um, you know, and with Josh Calvert specifically, this is a guy that's six foot two, 235 pounds. Uh, and, you know, he's a physical dude. Um, he's a guy, I think he's more of a Mac linebacker. Um, than a rover, and I think Nephi Sewell is more of that rover type of a guy, more of the coverage out in space type of a guy, the, the, the guy that you're trying to protect from taking on blocks, whereas Josh Calvert, you know, he's kind of the trigger guy, the guy that's going to just fire off into the line of scrimmage, take on offensive linemen head on and and kind of clog things up. I think he's more of that type of player, um, but Josh Calvert brings – some really good traits to this linebacker room. I don't think he necessarily challenges for a starting job this year, just because you've got Tevin Lloyd and Nephi Sewell, who are two of the top linebackers, you know, not only in the conference, but in the country. And so, you know, what Colton Swan has done with this linebacker room in the matter of, 
one recruiting cycle is remarkable. He's completely, you know, remade this linebacker room and has done an incredible job of bringing in guys with talent, bringing in guys that kind of fit, you know, his, what he wants his linebackers to personify on the field, you know, toughness, physicality, all of these dudes can hit. And, and Josh Coward is another one of those guys where he's just a physical guy, good athleticism, quick feet, maybe doesn't have the, the speed to, 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 you know, he's a sideline to sideline guy based on his, you know, his, his foot speed, his quickness. Um, but I think Ethan Calvert, his younger brother is probably faster in terms of, you know, if they're going to run a 40, I would, I would put my money on Ethan Calvert to win that race. But uh, Josh Calvert, a lot of good traits, physical guy, uh, more of your traditional inside linebacker type getting off downhill, but, um, but a lot of, a lot of good things. I think he'll be a solid piece um, to the depth at linebacker this year. Uh, depth at linebacker, Steve, is is crucial. And I, I, yeah. I just pulled up the uh, the 2021 schedule to remind myself as to the slate of games that Utah football is going to uh, embark on this year. And and, and and it's worth noting, Utah football traditionally will, will run their defense in a nickel package, but they do go to a 4-3-3 depending on the opponent. And against Stanford, you'll likely see a 4-3-3 from the defense and, and San Diego state, I imagine yeah. will, will, will be, will be another game in which you see more four, three, three than you do nickel. But then again, to be, to be perfectly blunt, I haven't dug into San Diego state. I don't know if they're still that power run team that they were back, back when I was kind of um, in the thick of it all. So anyway, long story short, there are a few games that, that we could see Josh or Ethan Calvert, one of the two kind of pop up in uh, depending on the defensive shape and formation that, that Kyle yep. Winningham wants to run with. Now, there are a couple other additions, uh, and I, I'd love to get your thoughts uh, on them, obviously. You, you've you got the running back, Tavion Thomas, who comes out of a junior college, and then the safety, Brandon McKinney, who's uh, who's, who's joining Utah football after four, four seasons from Washington. Of those two players, Steve, what what do you like most out of them, and, and, and where do you think they'll fit in 2021 for Utah football? You know, with, with Tavion Thomas and Brandon McKinney, I think these are really fascinating additions. Um, and they tell two different stories, right? I think Brandon McKinney was brought in because he fills a need at safety, which, you know, uh, Utah needed a guy that could come in and provide depth at the very least. There's a lot of confidence in the young guys in Kamoi Latu and, and Cole Bishop and their ability to kind of play safety potentially this year. Uh, but there's a lot of confidence in them you know, and their future at Utah. So you've got two young guys that, um, you know, you are optimistic about, but you bring in Brandon McKinney and he's a guy that's played four years at Washington um, and played there during their championship runs, right? So he's played at a high level. He understands what's required of, of playing high level football. He didn't start a lot of games. He doesn't have a lot of production to his, to his name. Um, But he's got roughly 500 snaps under his belt. And a lot of them came playing free safety, playing deep coverage responsibilities. And so that's, you know, in a lot of ways, that's what Utah needs is a guy that can play, you know, deep coverage, can keep things in front of him. Um, That'll provide Utah with some versatility with uh, with Vontae Davis. Uh, If, you know, Vontae Davis was – you know, we talked about Nephi Sewell being, being the breakout player on the defense side of the ball. Vontae Davis had himself 
a pretty good 2020 season as well. He's got some versatility where he can play deep. He can also play as, as a strong safety and play more coverage because he came to Utah as a cornerback. And so now you've got a guy in Brandon McKinney that can play more free safety. That frees up Vontae to do some interesting things. So Utah did a great job of addressing a need at safety with, with Brandon McKinney. You know, he's he's an experienced guy. He'll bring some leadership to the room, which you know is always a, a valuable commodity for Utah. And then with Tavion Thomas, you know, it tells a different story that they're willing to take a guy that is um, – just a, a talent, you know, a best player available type of a kid. And, and this is something that Bobby Bleck and Robert Blecken talked about last, last week on the show with you, Tom, is, you know, their approach in the portal. If, if a guy is, is just that good, they're going to take him. And other, other guys are just filling needs. And, and Tavion Thomas is a guy where, you know, they watch the tape and, you know, they, they really, really like him and think that he can be a really good player. You know, he comes from Independence uh, Community College, which was featured on uh, on the Netflix. Um, what, oh, what was that? Last Chance You. That's that was the show. Last Chance You. It was so. It was one of the the programs featured on that series. Um, so he comes from Independence. He originally he was originally in a, a recruit in 2018, um, and was originally committed to Oklahoma. And he held offers from Alabama, from Georgia, from Florida, Ohio State. Like, this was a high-level running back in 2018. Um, Decommitted from Oklahoma at the beginning of January in 2018. Flirted with Ohio State. Unfortunately for him, Ohio State had to allocate his scholarship spot to another position. And he ended up at Cincinnati in, in 2018. His first year there, uh, I think, ran for about 500 yards as a true freshman. This is a dude that's six foot two, 225, 230 pounds, moves really, really well for his size at 6'2", 230. So this is a linebacker that moves, you know, a lot like Zach Moss in some ways where he can, you know, change directions explosively. He can get under guys. He can, you know, read a defense. He's got good athleticism. And this was a dude that Utah just felt was was too good not to take despite the additions that they've made, you know, with TJ Pledger and Chris Curry and, you know, and Ricky Parks coming in as well. So, you know, he joins a loaded running back room, but he's a guy that Utah feels pretty confident in as well. Steve, I'm under the impression now that in in today's game, you need, you need a handful of guys to rotate in the backfield. Um, I don't think college football or the NFL at this point in time is a, is a league uh, or our leagues, I should say, that require like one stale mate back, one ball that can run, one three down back is what I'm right. trying to get to because I just think it's too physical. And and we've seen it at Utah football with, with John White and Devin Booker and uh, Williams, Joe Williams, and then Zach Moss. It's you know they they get injured at the end of year at the end of the season because they've just they've they've carried the rock on too many of occasions their body breaks down so this year i hope anyway that we can start to get more of a, a rotation in the backfield and see Pledger and curry and bernard and maybe even thomas the new addition uh coming out of junior college 
you know, to get those four guys w- with some reps to rotate them. And when one guy's hot, you keep him in there for a little longer. But as soon as you start to see him tire, maybe you bring him out, give him a breather and th- throw somebody else in there. Maybe we see sets that, that, that Utah football run where you've got two running backs in the backfield. I mean, who knows what, right. what can happen, but they've certainly got a ton of options back there, which is always good specifically mm-hmm. because Kyle Whittingham, and I love the man, but I'll always say this about him until he's, proves me otherwise he will he will he will run the football when he can uh he'll throw it as well but but i think um i think he'll he'll run it as often as possible it's just the manner in which he operates uh all right so there 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 are those additions steve thanks for kind of breaking those down for us the big talking point now is the quarterback man i mean are we at a point already what are we may are we still in May or in June? Yeah. June first. June, June first. June first. All right, we're in June. June first. Is this the day where we say Charlie Brewer's the starter? Because that's that's kind of everything I'm hearing right now is Charlie Brewer's going to start at quarterback, and you know, Carl Winningham will say that there's a quarterback battle in camp, but that's just out of respect to Cam Rising, and uh, everybody up there knows that Charlie Brewer is going to be the guy. How on earth has he created? Uh, such separation. I mean, I get it, Steve, that Cam's not really able to do much with the shoulder. He's probably getting to a point where he can start maybe throwing a little bit, but it's not going to be until fall camp, which is a couple months away until he really starts to unleash the arm. But Charlie Brewer's had that big of an impact in that short of time, huh? Yeah, it sounds like it. You know, I I remember last year, you know, all all of the talk, you know, from national people, from, from guys that, you know, cover the team, that it was going to be Jake Bentley. You know, we talked about on, on the show here, you know, people that we talked to, it was all Cameron Rising, right? And and, and this year it's it's all Charlie Brewer. And he's done a remarkable job of coming into the program and, you know, doing the things he needs to do to, um, you know, to, to create that separation. You know, I think what I've been told, one thing that I've been told that's really kind of stuck out to me is, you know, he is him and Andy Ludwig is a perfect marriage in terms of, you know, Andy Ludwig and the way he coaches, the way he teaches the game. Charlie Brewer, it's it's a perfect fit in terms of their ability to communicate their understanding of the game and, and what they're trying to to do. And so Charlie Brewer has come in here and, and just done a, a remarkable job of picking up the offense and executing. I think. You know, I think last year we learned that Jake Bentley, you know, struggled with some erratic accuracy issues. Um, You know, it it hurts when you can't complete a five-yard out route um, because you're throwing it 10 yards over his head. And I don't think that's been the issue with Charlie Brewer. He's, He's a quarterback that can make accurate throws that's, you know, just been solid all around. But I think really the important thing here for for him and why he's, uh, kind of created the the buzz that he has and created the separation that he has is because he's been able to pick up the offense so quickly. Uh, that's, I think that's allowed him to, to make quick decisions to be precise with going through his progressions and, and just being efficient in playing quarterback. And, you know, I think it's should be, should be pretty interesting this fall because, you know, I, I know Utah, 
They love to run the ball, like you said, Tom. Kyle Whittingham, as long as Whittingham is is here, they're going to run the ball, and that's always going to be the the priority. But I do think that you know they understand they need you know you need some skilled players on the outside. You've got to throw the ball around if you want to compete at the highest level. You've got to be able to to create some explosive plays through the air. And they, I think, there's an understanding that they need to be equally as efficient and explosive in the passing game. And I think there's a lot of optimism, even confidence that Charlie Brewer can be that guy for them this fall. Yeah. Well, a couple of things. Um, if you can throw the fo- football with some efficiency, you certainly open up and keep defenses on, on right. their, on their heels. You know, if you do want to run the ball as opposed to, and I think this has been an issue for Utah football at times over the last decade where, you know, Come come out of half time. They've done a good job running the football in the first half, and teams then just start loading the box and say, "Hey, you're not going to beat us running the ball. You're going to have to start to throw right. it." And and a lot of the time, you know, sometimes it works out, other times it doesn't. But you know, if they can start games with with more of a fifty fifty spread, throwing the football with efficiency, and obviously creating running lanes to then utilize running the rock, yeah, you know, I, I just feel like they're going to be on another level and and really start to compete for for that Rose Bowl berth or that playoff berth. And maybe this is the year. I sure hope so. They've certainly got the talent. The only the only concern I have really going into this year is, is when you look at the roster offensively, a lot of the key playmakers on that offense haven't played with one another. They've, they're all right. transfers. Charlie Brewer coming from Baylor, Pledger from Oklahoma, Howard from Oklahoma, you know, Curry's from LSU. So, you know, like a lot of players that, that are creating a lot of buzz around town, the only concern is how good is that chemistry come game day when the bright lights are on and the intensity rises. Uh, right. And I guess we'll learn. Look, we'll learn pretty early. I think the Weber State game, hopefully there's not too much stress, but the following week you go down to Provo and I know Utah's way more talented from a roster standpoint and should theoretically blow out the Cougs, but that game over the years has always proved to be closer than most people think. So if that game ends up coming down to the fourth quarter and it's still tight ball game, that's when we'll find, you know, that'll be our first glimpse, hopefully, assuming everything goes to plan against Weber State to see what this team's made of. And that's when they'll really grow as a team, in my opinion, is once they've gone through, you know, a storm, a bit of adversity, and they've come out the other side victorious. I think that's when, you know, they, the, the real growth of this football team, this Utah football team will grow. So it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to see them develop. And I think hopefully Utah fans um, will be able to see the same thing. Rice Eccles Stadium, Steve's coming back. It's full Woo-hoo! capacity. How good's Woo-hoo! that? Oh, man. That's, you know, it's just, it's awesome. It's It's awesome that we're to this point now where we can announce – you know, hundred percent capacity, you know, first and foremost, just, it's awesome that we're here. Right. Um, I think that, that day, that game um, with everybody back, I think it's going to be an incredibly emotional ride for, you know, fans, for the players, for the coaches, because you think of everything that, you know, is going to happen that day, right. You've got brand new South end zone, new locker rooms, New digs all around in that south end zone. Um, I was talking to somebody not too long ago, and you know they were talking about it's it's pretty incredible. They're they're pretty excited. 
um, to uh, to get in there and, and kind of get a, a feel for <laughs> you know what the locker room is going to be like once they you know get to that point. But and then you talk about the fans who haven't been there since the end of November in in 2019. It's been a long time for them. Um, just that, just the raucous environment, the vibe prior to kickoff. You know, as we get to kickoff, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be a great moment for Utah football, for the team, for the fan base. Uh, I cannot wait uh, for for game day against Weber State because of everything that we've been through over the last year and a half, whatever it's been. You know, dealing with this pandemic, uh, that's going to be just an incredible moment getting back in there with all the fans and everything like that. No, I'm right there with you, dog. I'm uh... – that tailgating lot. That's where I. Oh, that's where. Yeah. That's where I belong. That's my environment. I'm in my element over the Traeger, sipping yeah. on a uh, a dirty Dr Pepper and yep. looking at those chicken thighs just burn away. Good lord, I'm excited. Uh, and then, of course, come come game day. Obviously, come the actual game. I should say the atmosphere, the energy. You know, and and I think what adds to that is the addition of the South End Zone. You touched yeah. on it, Steve. It's going to be loud. It's going to be louder than it's ever been. Uh, you don't have those two alleyways that kind of let a lot of the, the, the energy and, and, and the screaming of the fans out. It's all now enclosed. It's one big bowl. And uh, hopefully that kind of bounces all of the noise from sideline to sideline and, and the players can, can feed off that. So, hey, before we let you go, Steve, I, I need to know how your golf game is, man. What do you... Uh, you're playing a lot of golf, as you always do. I'm very jealous. But are you, are you striping it yet, or are you still kind of getting the kinks out from winter? Oh, man. I I found a groove last week, and, you know, you feel good about it and everything, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have a couple bad holes, and you start to question, like, okay, what am I doing? Why did I hit it this way? And, you know, since, since Thursday, I've been struggling. Today I had the worst round of my life, I swear. Um, but you know, I've, I feel much better about my game. I've definitely, you know, I've got the winter rust off. Like I'm fine. I'm competitive. I'm good, but definitely struggling still. <laughs> I may have, I may have bent the shaft on my 60 degree wedge. Oh no. I'm just saying I may have, I will not confirm, but I may have done that. <laughs> well, Hey, when you find, when you find that bit of form again, you make sure to text me and I'll get you on the golf show and we'll make sure you win something this time, Steve. We'll make sure that you're in the best form of your life. <laughs> we'll get the cameras out. We'll document it. And hopefully you'll get out of there with a, with a bush now, but uh, oh, that's good stuff. We'll keep grinding my man. You do grind it, man. That's uh, what it is. Hey, it's good to see your face again. I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad you're happy. That dog's keeping you busy, I'm sure. And uh, is it potty trained yet? Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's actually pretty good with the with the potty training. Still some incidents, you know, here and there, you know, but for the most part, he's pretty good and lets us know when he's got to go. Oh, that's all that matters. And he's giving hey, me that look, look right now, actually. Yeah, well, you you you've got you've got business to take care of. You get going. I appreciate you and. Uh, We'll be back next week. We'll talk more Utah football. Nate Wade Subaru is the sponsor. Don't forget it. 1207 South Main Street. They've got their A Lot to Love event going on right meow, which means that they don't have any better deals uh, any time of the year than right now. So head on down. So tell them we sent you. They'll look after you. Take great care of you. I hope that popcorn machine is back. 
as it was put on hiatus during the peak of the pandemic, but I'm sure they're rolling. I'm sure they're rolling. The world is slowly but surely returning to its good old self. Steve, be well. Tell your fam I say good day, and we'll be back next week.